wonderful, great, special, thy will, O Lord. And we always uh, find uh, great blessings on those old songs in our, our church. We will be, tomorrow early, we will be going to Bukidnon for a mission trip. <clears throat> uh, I will be bringing with me some of the pastors and our Bible students. Um, praying that, uh, we're praying for Don Carlos actually. Two places there, we are seriously praying. We're praying for Quezon. And uh, also praying that somebody will soon start in San Franz uh, Agusan del Sur. Uh, we're praying for three places, actually, uh, that the Lord will enable us to open uh, mission works there. And uh, it is um, <clears throat> our responsibility to back up this uh, desire with prayers. If you are happy, please say good hearty amen. Karun Gabi. We are happy in the Lord. Always happy in uh, the service of the Lord. I like, I, I like that song, Happy in the Service of the King. And uh, we thank God for that. Your Bible, please, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, <clears throat> there are 13 verses that we find here. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 13, we are praying that the Lord will bless this um, passage tonight. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. Please follow me through your eyes as I read the Word of God. Kindly rise and then uh, follow through the eyes, through your eyes, the reading of. Uh, God's word. In the year that King Josiah died, Isaiah said, I saw also the Lord sitting upon his throne, high and lifted up, and his train, his robes, filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, its one had six wings. And with twin, he covered his face, and with the twin, he covered his feet, and with the twin, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And <clears throat> the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live cool in his hand, and he had taken uh, which he had taken with the thongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched my lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, 
and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell these people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. And ye see indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of these people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and, and convert, and uh, be healed. <clears throat> then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant, and the houses without man. And the land be utterly desolate. And the Lord have removed men far away. And there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet in it shall ye be a tent. And it shall return and shall be eaten. And a tail tree and an oak whose substance is in them. Then they cast their leaves. So the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. Let us remain standing for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, truly God, you are a great God. And we are so privileged that in times when we are down emotionally, when we are filled with pain and sorrow, we can always come to thee as our final re re recourse. And Lord God, I thank you. And we thank the Lord for the word of God that has the ability to strengthen our faith, has the ability, Lord, to produce faith and, and peace deep in our hearts. And Lord, I pray that the Word of God will find a special, special place in our hearts as individual, dear Father. Thank you for who you are and for everything that you have done in our behalf. Tonight, bless our people present here inside this auditorium. And I also pray the Lord for those who are watching at, at home. May your blessing be upon them. And those who will be watching later on. Dear Lord, bless our lives with your presence. Bless our lives with your peace. Bless our lives with your power. Bless Lord. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Kindly be seated tonight. A look that will change your life. A look, a vision that will change our lives tonight. You see, in this passage we read a, of a remarkable vision which was seen by the young prophet Isaiah. This was the unforgettable turning point in his life. He begins the account in verse number 1. Look at this please in chapter 6 verse 1. There it says... In the year that King Josiah died, he says, I saw, there was a vision of God. I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. And then I like this. High, he said, and lifted up. Thank God for that. He did see God in his invisible state. If we cannot see God, Obviously, he saw him in a special, unusual 
visible manifestation. But the point is, he saw God. And I believe that we can see God tonight. We see him through the word of God preached. We see him through his presence tonight. We see him and understand him through the Holy Spirit working in our lives. He saw God and it changed his life. Amen. He saw God and it changed his life. I remember a man by the name of Asa in Psalm 73. Look at verse number verse 1. His life was full of complaints. He was asking God, why, why, why did you allow this thing to happen? And I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It seems that the, the, the wicked people are, are prospering. And, uh, and in, in verse 1, truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, he says, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped. He feels himself going backsliding. And why? Because I was, I was in views of, at the foolish when I saw the prosperity, he says, of the wicked. But thank the Lord, he went into the place called sanctuary, into the temple, the place where he, he should worship God. And that has changed entirely his outlook in life. He saw God. He saw the purpose of God in verse number 16. Verse 16 said, then, then said, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. It is beyond what I think I can, I can bear. Verse 17, until he says, I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. Isaiah was full of trouble and pain because of the passing of a great king, Josiah. He was so burdened. He was so discouraged. Emotionally, he was down. But thank God he went into the house of God and he saw the Lord. And that meeting with God has changed his life. I also remember Job in the first 41 chapter of the book of Job. There are 42 chapters. His life was filled with, he was full of complaint and, and doubt and asking God open times. He would ask, why, why? Why did I die during my, my birth? And they said, God, I don't understand it. There was a struggle in the life of Job until in Job chapter, in Job chapter 40, 42, look at verse number 1 in your Bible, please. Job 42, verse number 1. Job chapter 42. Verse 1, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. And uh, Job finally realized that he had been complaining against God. <clears throat> Out of his emotion, and naturally it, it would happen to us. And then uh, said, I have been accusing you of so many things. And he said, uh, uh, and then he said, I, therefore I have uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not, he says. 
Here I beseech the Lord. I will speak, I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by, by hearing of the ear. <clears throat> they, they have been telling me about you. Yes, I heard so many things about you. And in spite of that, he says, reality came into my, my life and I began complaining. I began questioning God. But you know what he says? Now mine eyes, it's completely different. Mine eyes see at thee. The same thing with this young prophet called Isaiah. He had a hard time understanding. But thank God he's meeting with the Lord. When he saw God, it changed his life completely. And uh, I remember a man by the name of Andrew, one of the first disciples of the Lord. He, first thing he did, he, he, uh, he, he brought his brother Simon to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they, they met for the first time. It was the first time that this man, Simon Peter, great, great uh, man of God, what would be the experience we, we find in the Word of God without the life of Peter being included there? In chapter 1, we find that, that Andrew decided to bring him to meet Jesus for the, first, for the first time in his life. And then in verse number 38, in verse 38, he said, Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? And he said unto them, Come, come and see. Come and see. Verse 40, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and, and was telling him, said, Oh, we have, we, have, we have seen the Messiah. We have found the Messiahs which is being interpreted the Christ, the Son of God. And he brought him to Jesus. When, and then when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon. You are as weak as water. From now on, your name will be changed to Sepas, meaning a stone. You see, what, I, what a thought that I would like to emphasize is, is this. Meeting Jesus for the first time, he saw the Lord, and that first meeting has changed his life. His life. He saw the Lord. I say, see, personally encountering the great God of heaven and earth is an experience, and uh, experience after which no, no man could ever be the same again. You will not be the same anymore once you meet the Lord. It is an experience which is bound to transform and elevate us. It will always bring us to, not only changing us, but it will bring us to the next level once we meet the Lord. And thank the Lord, thank God. That same experience is also available to you and me. Listen to this. We're not talking about, about Isaiah alone. The same experience is available to every one of us tonight. And I'd like to say, tonight could be the moment it happens. Maybe you came to church with burdens in your heart. 
Tonight, meet the Lord and your life will change. You have some needs. Meet the Lord and your life will be changed. God is not likely to use the dramatic visual effects, so to speak, that he used in Isaiah's case. You don't have to go into that, you know, process that, he, that happened to him. But one thing is sure, he will reveal himself to you. God is available revealing himself to you. Spiritually, if you will open your mind, if you will open your heart to him. Because he has promised in Jeremiah 29 verse 13, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. Begin to seek God seriously. In Acts 10.34, it says that God is no respecter of persons. As the old song puts it, what is done for others, he'll do for you. What is done for others, he'll do for you. What he did to this great man can also happen to you. God is available. Just seek him. You can find him. Isaiah's experience, you see, and we're praying earnestly that the word of God, through his experience tonight, we can look at his experience, and by the grace of God, we are praying that it will bring this, this passage tonight and his experience tonight will bring tremendous blessing to our lives. Let us, number one, consider the particular occasion that led Isaiah in seeing the Lord. The occasion that led this man of God in seeing the Lord. Verse 1, what is the occasion? In verse number 1, in the year that King Josiah died, and uh, that was probably 759 B.C. or before Christ. And, but those words do not merely date the, the vision. They also describe for us the occasion of that life-changing vision. Life-changing vision. King Josiah had reigned for 52 years. 52 years. He was the 10th king of Judah and he was, very, he was a very godly man. He was highly influenced by the prophet Zechariah. And unlike many of the other kings, he never totally departed from the worship of the true God. And you only find good kings among the kings of Judah. All of the kings of, the, of the, uh, Israel were all bad kings, classified as bad kings. So one of the great men of God, great kings of God was this man, Josiah. Josiah. Under his influence, the southern kingdom attained power, wealth, success, unlike any it had enjoyed since the days of King Solomon. And, uh, but you know, look at this one side of his life, made somewhat uh, by, you know, proud, Pride, he became proud by his success and his blessings from the Lord. He made a mistake one time. Josiah made a mistake by offering uh, incense uh, in the temple, in, in, in the book of Second Chronicles 26. And uh, because of that, he was stricken with leprosy by the Lord. For his disobeying God, 
his act of disobedience to the Lord, he died in that leprous condition. And I would like to say this a little bit here. Disobedience to the Lord is always a serious thing. Well, evidently Isaiah is disturbed. He was bothered by the death of the great king. After all, he had reigned 52 years. His death actually, the, 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 the particular thing that, that was in, implanted in their minds and their hearts was his death signaled the end of a time of great prosperity. And not only a great time of prosperity, but consistency. For Isaiah and the entire nation, his death had ushered in a time of uncertainty, a time of change, and a time of doubt. Yet for Isaiah, this is a time of rediscovery. A time of rediscovery. Apparently, Isaiah had his attention focused on Josiah, but now that Josiah is dead, his attention is redirected back to the Lord. Sometimes God allows things to happen so that our attention, our, the focus of our attention would go back to God. And uh, what must have been a downtime in the prophet's life became an uptime, thank God for that, that which had healed his attention, captured his attention for a while, was removed and Isaiah now had a fresh encounter with God. What happened to Isaiah in this event actually shows us, it, it, it's something for us to see that, that we need what we need to do during down times in life. When we are down, we can learn from Isaiah. And I like to say this, we all have down times in life. Down times can grow us. If we are not careful, it can also ruin us. It depends upon and how and what captured our attention. Now focus your attention, redirect your attention to God. There may be some heavy burden this evening, if you're listening to me. There may be some heavy burden dragging you down at this very hour. It may be some serious financial setback or a severe health problem. You may be staggering under the blow of some, you know, great disappointments in life, in yourself in, and in your loved ones. You might be, you might be lonely this time, but some di distressing family problem that you have not trying to destroy you, trying to put you down. Well, my, my advice to you is look to the Lord that will help you keep everything else in proper perspective. See God and He can guide your, uh, your life through your crisis, whatever it may be. God will meet you. In Jeremiah 32 verse number 17 in your Bible please. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth. By thy great power and stretch out arm, he said. Jeremiah said, there is nothing too hard for thee. There's nothing too hard. He giveth power to the faint. Isaiah 40, 29 to 31. I will strengthen thee. Yeah, I will help thee. Isaiah 40, 41 verse number 10. 
In Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. The second thing that we, we find in this, in his vision, Isaiah saw that God Almighty, in spite of what happened, God Almighty was still in charge. He's still in charge. I saw the Lord, I saw the Lord said, sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. You see, back in those days, king sat on a, uh, an elevated throne. You always see him. And generally, the king wore long robe or train. The word train means the, the robe of the king. And so Isaiah was saying, I saw God as a great monarch, a great king. And I, 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 I see him as the ruler of all the universe. In other words, he was saying, I saw God in, in charge. God is in charge. It might seem at times like uh, the world is out of control. The world, you know, your world is out of control, but God is at the helm, actually. He's still driving. He's still managing. He's still the God who reigns. In Psalm 93 verse 1 and verse number 2. Psalm 93 verse 1 and verse number 2. The Lord reigneth. That's enough for me. Whatever happens, you see, the Lord, the psalmist says, the Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength. Wherewith he hath girded himself. The word also is established that it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. Thank you, God, for that. I like that. The Lord reigneth. The Lord reigns. Psalm 93, verse number 1. The Lord reigns. And we say this, make no mistake about it. He will never abdicate. He will never vacate his throne. The Lord reigneth. And never the Lord would abdicate his throne. See, Studying the book of Revelation, you will find the last words recorded there. The final words are all recorded in the book of Revelation. Let me say this. The last word in this weary, in this confused world, troubled world, is not going to come from Moscow. It's not going to come from Beijing. It's not going to come from Washington, D.C. Look into your Bible and find in the book of Revelation... The final word is going to come from the throne of our almighty God. The sovereign of heaven and earth. And we say amen to that. He is in control. People today are afraid of what the, what the nation called China is doing. Building up their strength. Military strength. And, uh, and some great countries are building their own um, power today. You know, our power is connected there. He's the source of our power. He's the source of our worship. He's the one guiding us. He's the one in control of everything. God, in verse 1, is high 
and lift it up. Thank God for that. While it is our great privilege to have fellowship with Him, if we meet His conditions, we're also to remind ourselves, we have to remember who He is and who we are. He is God. He's the all-powerful King of the universe. High and lifted up, thank God. And we are limited. We are sinful human beings. And then look at verse number 4. Verse number 2 in the book of Isaiah chapter 6. Above it stood the seraphims. By the way, the word seraphims means burning ones. Burning ones. Apparently they were, they were created beings whose purpose was to attend to the throne of God. They are presidential guards. They guard the throne of heaven and as they fly and nagasiga sila burning. Verse number 3 says and one cried unto another and said holy said, holy holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Well it may be that this threefold repetition of the descriptive word holy <coughs> is not merely a plurality of royalty, but also an implied reference to the Trinity. It represents the Trinity. Holy is the Father who created us. Holy is His Son, Jesus Christ, who is one with the Father, the one who died on the cross for our sins and rose again for, and lived forevermore. Holy. Holy is the Spirit who convicts us. Holy is the Holy Spirit who cleanses us. Who indwells, who comforts, who empowers, and guides us. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Thank God for that. Let us look at the impact of that vision that Isaiah saw. What happened to Isaiah because he saw the Lord? First of all, Isaiah was convicted. It brought conviction to Isaiah, the prophet. The one thing he saw himself... Conviction began when he saw himself as never he had seen before. We are proud. We think we are better than others. But true worshiper of God sees the real, the real score of himself. The real condition of your heart, your life. And so that makes you humble in the sight of God. We may compare ourselves with other people and that may create us to be proud. Think we are better than other people. But if we look at God, we are nothing. Look at verse number 5. You know what he says in verse 5. You know what he saw about himself? And, and said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, he says. Yes. I am a man of unclean lips, because I am a man. He said, A man. Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What you say and the way you say it, what you say and the way you express it, is an indicator of what's in your heart, actually. If you've got a foul mouth, if you speak harshly, rudely, that shows that something is wrong inside. So, when Isaiah said, I am a man of unclean lips, 
That was another way of saying I am an unclean person because in my heart, my heart is contaminated with sin. And that is the experience of Paul, the great man of God, the greatest missionary, the greatest preacher in, in Romans 7, verse 14 to 20. And then, furthermore, he saw not only himself, he saw others as he never had seen before. Continue reading verse 5, and not only am I a man of unclean lips, but I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, because said, mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah's fresh vision of God caused him not only to, to see himself, but also others in a new light. He saw them as people with deep-seated spiritual problems who needed to be set free and, and uh, from, from slavery, from condemnation of sin. That's the way Paul says, I see people as souls lost and going to hell. I don't see them as uh, good people. I see inside of them as lost. They needed to be saved as one, one man sinned. Entered into the world and saw death by sin, so that death has passed upon all men. A fresh vision of God will do the same for you and me. It will help us see people as Jesus saw. How did Jesus Christ see those people? In Matthew 9 36 says, But when he saw the multitude, when he saw the multitude, he didn't. Uh, actually, he bypassed all their accomplishments, their trophies, their, their plaque of appreciation. How did he see those people? He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as if having no shepherd. They're lost. They need to be saved. I believe, especially during this time of pandemic, that we need to see the lost condition of people around us. We should spend our time seeking the lost souls. Why? Because we feel that time is running out. We cannot spend time on, and uh, focusing on the circumstances of our lives. We need to see we have a work to do. This past two weeks, I started counting the privilege God has given me and my ministry. About 100 souls were saved in our Bible study. 100 souls professed to receive Christ in our funeral services. We cannot just stay on and looking at the circumstances of our lives. We have a work to do. We need to see the loss. We need to see that they are dying and going to hell. If you are a true Christian, you are concerned for the the passing of souls into eternity without Christ. We need to share the message. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. The songs just snatch them in pity and sin. And the grave weep o'er the erring one. Lift up the fallen. Tell them of Jesus the mighty to save. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Tell them our mission is to get them saved. And uh, we have the privilege tomorrow. If the Lord will bless it. To visit some towns and places. Preparing our young men. Our, our Bible students. Just to let them see that the world is lost and going to hell. He saw himself as he had never seen before. He saw other people as never 
had never seen before. You know what happened to Isaiah? And uh, uh, Isaiah was convicted. And then he also realized that he was cleansed in verse 6, verse 7. You know what happened? In verse number 6 and 7, And he flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live cool in his Gabagabaga patong uling nagidala sa sa anghel gibutang siya ang baba. I can imagine the smell. His his tongue was burning because of the live cool that angel has put in his in his tongue. The live cool from the altar is actually symbolic of the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us on the cross. The Lord Jesus Christ not only died but rose again and who had alone, who alone can cleanse us from our sins. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone into his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. If we confess First John 1 9 our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Lord Jesus Christ he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. He was convicted. He was cleansed. And look at verse number 8. I know you can, if it starts with letter C, that means he was commissioned by God. In verse 8, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here, Am I? I say was not sent. Actually, you say, well, he was sent. He was commissioned. However, I say was not sent on his on this mission with with the imagination, with the illusion of turning the entire nation back to God. Some would turn to God and be saved, yes. But unfortunately, the whole nation, the nation as a whole, would continue. Hardening their hearts and paying no attention to the word of God. We don't go to, we don't try to start mission works in, in, in Bukidnon or in Agusan. Trying to, to imagine that we can save everyone there that we meet. No. I remember the Elmudi, Dwight Elmudi. No, this is his principle in life. That man died and won millions of souls to Christ. But you know what his principle in life, his motto in life? He said, I looked upon this world as a wrecked vessel. God has given me a lifeboat and said, Moody, save all you can. Save all you can. Let us read verse 9, verse 10, <clears throat> please. And he said, go and tell, <clears throat> tell these people, hear ye indeed, and understand not, and see indeed what perceive not. My heart, make the heart of his people fat. And then, and then it goes on there. You see, God was saying, in effect, to Isaiah, go and deliver my message, but don't expect the people as a whole to pay attention to you. He said, uh, you, you get discouraged because somehow it's not that, that effective or truthful as you expect it to be. My friend, our responsibility is not to save people. Our responsibility is to tell people. Our responsibility is to share. 
If there are people who will get saved, praise God for that. If they reject, if they evade the message, if they ignore the message, what can you do? What can you do? Verse number 12, <clears throat> verse 12, and verse 11, and the Lord, how long? How long? Until the city is wasted without inhabitant. You know, the, the Babylonian captivity was getting nearer all the time. These prophets have foretold them, and they have prophesied, if you do not stop ignoring God, if you do not stop to your sin, then God would take, God would allow a wicked nation to take you into their country. During the Babylonian captivity, the women were raped. Their, their, their old people have died and only few were taken into captivity. Those strong ones like Daniel, like Sadrach, Abednego, their walls were destroyed. Their houses were all destroyed. Their places of worship were destroyed. Can you imagine? But you still have the chance, Isaiah, do not stop telling these people, but how long up to, up to when should I continue until the cities be wasted without inhabitants and the houses without men and the land utterly desolate? And that is what happened actually. There were several times of besieging of the place, destroying the place. It did not happen once. It happened several times. The Babylonians came and ransacked their properties, killed people, taking them into captivity, destroying the, their properties. And the Lord have removed men far away. And there's a great forsaking in the midst of the land. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? But you know what <clears throat> Isaiah in spite of the dark future awaiting in the midst of all that, Isaiah somehow was assured and comforted by the promise of God's blessing in verse 13. But yet in it shall be a tent and shall return. There will be people. Church will go through some problems. And you imagine sometimes it's beyond you can bear, but remember this is the Lord's church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Church, listen to this. God owns and God only and God only. God alone and he only can bless the church. And I believe God can bless the church. I hope I do not sound bragging on anything. But I was so happy last Sunday na halos walay bangko nga bakante last Sunday because of the blessing of the Lord. Because of the blessing of the Lord. Mga 11 o'clock nag-send to message si Mamelen sa kuha sa pa. Dagang gusto mo simba pero full na kayo. Saan ta nitiling madakpan ta sa IATF. You know what, 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 what came into my heart and mind? So praise the Lord. Here's the promise to Isaiah. Isaiah, I own the blessing. I will bless you. 
Church, God will bless us. Let us bring this message in conclusion into our own lives as believers, individual lives as believers. Number one, during the times when we feel down emotionally due to some painful experiences in life, we must immediately seek to find God. Find God. Strengthen your faith in God. See His position in the midst of our troubles. What position do we need to seek as far as we need to see as far as God is concerned? See that He is sovereign. He's in control of all things. He's in the midst of all our circumstances. Feel His presence. Feel His presence. And I can feel it tonight. I have the assurance of His blessing. I have the assurance of His presence tonight. And then number two, never let the troubles in life keep you from doing the will of God. Never stop doing. Number one, soul winning work. Whatever you do, do not stop winning souls. Do not stop winning souls. Instead, build a strong faith in God. Faith in His Word. And then build a strong prayer life. It is through prayer that we receive the divine strength from God. And then build a strong worship life. Build a strong faith. Build a strong prayer life. And build a strong worship life. Never, never let whatever circumstances in life keep you from the house of God. Never, never believe your excuses. God wants people to trust him. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God tonight. Thank you for the experience of a great man. Great King, King uh, <clears throat> um, Isaiah. I mean, I mean, Prophet Isaiah. And thank you for the great experience of these people. Lord, we thank you for the word of God tonight. Bless our lives. Bless our church. Keep pouring the blessings. Thank you for allowing us to feel thy presence, your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Sir Romel.